Welcome to the new school. What we wanted to do was talk about the concept of authenticity and vulnerability in an industry that has typically been super buttoned up, super professional, and a little bit old school. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the New School Video Podcast. My name is Candace Carlton and I'm the head of our advisor growth marketing solutions at FICOM Partners. FICOM is a marketing and PR agency and we have solutions for advisors at every stage of their growth. Today, as always, I'm joined by Meg Carpenter, our CEO, and this was an extra special episode, even though I think all our episodes are pretty special. But in this episode, we got to speak to the co-hosts and winners of this year's Educate and Empower category as part of the FICOM and Investment News Podcast Award winners. So Stephanie McCullough and Kevin Gaines are co-hosts of the podcast called Take Back Retirement. If you haven't checked it out, go onto your phone now, go into podcasts and download and subscribe because their goal is to help women who are 45 plus years old facing a financial future on their own, feeling some anxiety about whatever retirement means to them, really redefine what that future looks like. So very focused, very specific. And if you listen to it, you can hear very purpose-driven and very heart-driven, which is why they have such a good podcast because those are the essential ingredients to a good podcast. And it's clear it's so good because out of all the submissions, they won. In this episode, we speak to them about their journey in creating the podcast, what they've discovered, key learnings, and advice to other advisors looking to create a specific niche and launch a podcast. I think you're going to love it. Let's get started. So this is an extra special episode because we have Stephanie McCullough and Kevin Gaines, who are the co-hosts of the podcast, Take Back Retirement, and the winner of the Educate and Empower category for this year's FICOM and Investment News podcast awards. So big round of applause for you. Yay us. Congratulations. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. I, you know, every year when we have the, well, we've only done it two years, but every, the second time we do, when these podcast submissions come in, we just get so excited and so delighted. What was the experience like for you and why did you enter? You know, I, that's a good question. I saw the awards and I I certainly didn't enter because I thought we were the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, I didn't imagine that we'd be a finalist, much less win. I think I was just imagining, you know, like kind of Carl Richards, right? You got to play in traffic. You got to put yourself out there and try to get a little bit more exposure. Yeah, it was pretty much, you know, any publicity is good publicity. So the more we can get our name out, you know, we make the submission and hey, Maybe accidentally our name gets spelled right somewhere and you can go from there. <laughs> but it was a super fun experience. I love the way it was built as a, you know, a live conversation with all of the different participants, all the judges giving their input. And then, you know, each of the category finalists 
being able to talk and share. So I learned a lot about all the other podcasts and, you know, different approaches. It's always great to, to hear from your peers and hear what people are doing. We are such big fans of Carl Richards, so I love that you bring him up almost immediately. He was one of our first guests on a new school podcast, and we are always watching his content because it's just so clear, so simple, so thoughtful. As you think about, you know, your evolution of take back retirement, what do you think? Tell us a little bit about that journey. Like, why did you launch and what are some of the learnings that you had? And ultimately, why do you think you've been successful at it? If you were to share about it and thinking about that, Carl Richards, like take the risk, but also really make it simple. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had been thinking about it for a while because I, I started attending FinCon back in 2015. And I'm like, wait, there's people who make a living talking about money, but they're not actually financial advisors? What the heck? So like it opened me up to this whole world of content. And then there, that was the first year there was an advisor track with Michael Kitts is talking a lot about stuff. And there were some advisor podcasters at that point. I was like, oh, that could be really fun, right? So I had it in the back of my mind. And then I actually went to visit a friend of mine. It's so funny. I saw her husband this past weekend and I told him the story had, you know, she lives in New York. I live in Pennsylvania. I happen to be going through town, met her for coffee. And the first thing she says when I walk in the cafe is, you need to have a podcast. I was like, what are you doing in my head? How do you know that I've been thinking about this for a while? So then I was like, all right, maybe, maybe we can actually do this thing. I talked to Kevin, kind of dragged him kicking and screaming into the whole, you know, enterprise. Um, and then we dragged our feet for a while, right? We had to figure out how do we do it and do we need an editor? Like all the different logistical things. Um, we actually had an intern who was a huge help. She helped us kind of think through a lot of that stuff because otherwise it would have been really easy to postpone while we found the time to research the stuff to get started. Um, I have a friend who's a composer who who donated, well, I actually bought for a dollar the theme music <laughs> And he was on vacation for a while. Like, so things got delayed. Um, and then, you know, we finally just kind of, again, listened to Carl. Like, all right, we just got to put it out there. We got to say something and then put it out there to the world. I had actually been doing Facebook Live videos on the first day of every month since 2018. And the reason I did that is because, like, it's live. You can't go back and correct and edit. You kind of just have to put it out there. You can delete it later. But I pretended you couldn't. So <laughs> I, it was almost scarier to have the editor. Because I was like, oh, if I listen to this thing, I'm going to want to re-record and redo it and redo it because mm -hmm. it's never going to be perfect. So I actually – I read the transcripts and I give him suggestions on editing, but I actually never listen to them again. I just put them out into the world and let them fly or, you know, sink or swim. Yeah, yeah Stephanie had been talking about it for a while. And I'm batting back and forth. It's like, you know, I'll do the YouTube videos and post them. But again, you know, it's something I can edit. I can control it. If I don't like it, I go back and re-record. I, I don't know how well I'm going to do live that, you know, I'm going to have to just react to what our guests are saying or follow stuff like that. But then uh, I actually went on a podcast uh, with my local chamber of commerce where they're profiling different businesses and, you know, had a great time doing it. And uh, the host of this particular podcast, Bill, was actually really excited about doing podcasts. He had a couple of his own that he did on the side just for fun. So he was somebody I took the time to talk to about, you know, what can I really expect? Are my fears overblown? Yeah, you know, all of these questions. And uh, 
yeah, he did a great job of pointing out, hey, you know, you just got to do it. And then Stephanie and I actually uh, met him for lunch mm-hmm. shortly before COVID hit. Little little pep talk. Little pep talk <laughs> saying, yeah, you got to do it. You know, we act, asked a couple of the simpler technical questions and it's like, okay, we've run out of excuses. <laughs> Let's do it. But well, then we found another excuse because COVID hit just as we're getting ready to ramp this up. So running around trying to get everything coordinated there delayed us another couple months. But by the summer of 2020, it's like, listen, if we're not going to do it now, we're never going to do it. So what the hell? We're sitting around our houses. Let's do it. So I love hearing you talk about you were already doing Facebook Live videos. Stephanie, Kevin, you're comfortable on YouTube. and I mean, these are these are ways to communicate with your audience that are still rarely done. Like if you look across the large advisor landscape, you just don't see as many advisors taking advantage of some of these opportunities to connect with people in a really human way, in a way that meets them where they're at, um, in a way that feels very sort of digital first and modern. So I love that you were sort of already there before thinking about the podcast. When the two of you were sitting down and having these conversations, doing your research, what was the business impetus for the podcast? Like, was there a, we want to do a reason that was like, we want to do the podcast for this. Like, was there a specific business purpose that you were targeting? Yes. Uh, I, I think our biggest thing is getting ourselves out there. We weren't going to, we didn't want this to be a brochure in which or a pitch that, you know, at the end of every episode, we're saying, Hey, come become clients of ours or anything like that. But instead we felt it was a great way to get our message out that people would be able to find us, get a sense of our personalities. Cause I mean, you know, a lot of, you know, for financial advisors, a lot of the, your, your clients is that, that personality match. I mean, you can find, you know, there's several advisors out there that know what they're doing, that are competent. There's several on are, the floor of our building, right? Like right. resilience of us. <laughs> yes, we've got several. Uh, so it's not hard to find a good advisor or even one that's even concentrating in your particular need. And what, so what sets it apart is personality. So a podcast is a great way for us to show our personality. So if clients potential clients want to reach out to us, they kind of already know what they're getting as far as topics of conversation, areas of interest, as well as our personality, which I think is really important. Yeah. And I have always wanted to try to have a bigger impact, right? Like I used to work for the federal government where, you know, I would provide services to U.S. companies and they'd be like, well, how much do I owe you? I'm like, hey, your tax dollars at work, right? Like I didn't have to ask people for money. So I've always had that kind of desire to try to help as many people as possible. Um, so I had come to love speaking at women's events. Um, and, you know, kind of anytime people said, oh, I need a speaker for my group, sign me up, right? Like I want to help more women feel like, yes, they can make wise financial decisions, right? Empower people around that. And the podcast felt like a way to do that, you know, where people can listen at any time. They don't have to be at their various, you know, group meetings at a certain time. The day I happen to be speaking it's available much more broadly. So that was definitely a motivator as well. I always think, I mean, what a more powerful, accessible way to be, you know, on people's phones, 
You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like your latest episode, you couldn't have closer proximity if you tried because we're all holding our phones like throughout the day. Like I think mine says I do like five hours a day or something (laughs) (laughs) on my phone. I think something that really differentiated, if we think about, you know, people had reached out to us, like friends of ours, friends of FICOM in the industry, post the Investment News FICOM Awards and said, you know, why didn't my podcast make it into the finals? And so we'd say, okay, let, let us look and like get some feedback. But generally, most of the time it was because there wasn't a strong intentionality around the goal of the podcast. So the transformation or the change that you want to create with it and specifically who they were speaking to. So it was hard to fathom, like, what am I supposed to be getting from this? Who's this, Who are they supposed to be speaking to? Tell us how you found your target audience, which I believe is women over 45 and how you were able to get really clear on that. And then also really confident in serving this target market. Yeah, I think it really it originated from my business, Sophia Financial. So Kevin and I have two different brand names out in the world as financial advisors and RIAs because my father started American Financial Management Group like back in the, I don't know, 80s. mid-90s. Yeah, 80s probably. Um, I joined in 1990, what, seven? So, um, you know, it kind of served anybody with money or anybody, you know, he happened to come across, right? He was a a very good sales guy, insurance guy, kind of came up in that world. Um, and I um, had had experience working with retirement plan participants, um, worked with a hospital for a very long time. And then a lot of the employees at a hospital tend to be women. So I had so many conversations with women, you know, that had either outsourced the function of money to a man in their life or had been poorly served by our industry. Sorry to say it, but it it happens, right? They were sold the high cost, high commission annuity, and then nobody ever answered the phone again. Or they just ignored it, right? They did the head in the sand thing until they were 62. Then they finally decided to sign up for the retirement plan at work, right? So uh, I had in the back of my mind, like, there's got to be a better way to have a conversation with women about money that is compelling and that, you know, is meaningful and and, uh, motivating to actually take action. Because I've heard... Um, you know, people speaking at conferences, oh, we're frustrated. We can't get women to work with financial planners. I'm like, hmm, maybe if you have a different type of conversation. And then the hospital fired me. So in the middle of a planned review one year, they're like, you know what? We're going to have an RFP and we're going to go with either Vanguard or Fidelity. We don't need a local advisor. It's like, really? All those meetings I do at like 7 a.m. for people getting off shift and 11 p.m. and all that stuff. Okay. Um, so then I had the time and, you know, needed the revenue to think about this. So I started Sophia Financial back in 2011. So that kind of narrowing down of the target market and thinking about how to really speak to that market, I had been doing that work for a long time. And then the podcast is an outgrowth of that, right? Those are the people that we want to be speaking to. And I firmly believe is if more women controlled more wealth and felt more financially secure, the world would be a better place. No. So, Kevin, and, and to talking- add to the focus was my specialty, while not gender specific, is retirement income, meaning after you accumulated your money, you're now stepping away from earning a paycheck. What do I do with this lump sum, basically, is what everybody's dealing with. And there are so many things to consider. 
it looks like it's a lot of money. It's probably the most amount of money you're going to see in your life. And, but where do I go from here? How do I make sure that 20 years down the road, I'm not sitting here living social security check to social security check. And I, I've spent a lot of time helping people work on that particular aspect of their life. So when Stephanie and I started talking, it's, you know, you're interested in talking with women that are trying to do this on their own. And I'm interested in talking about what happens after you save the money. Let's merge those two together. And that's how we got the focus that we have. Huh. So Kevin, you talked earlier about personality fit, which I think is so true, right? This is a relationship business. And so financial advisors do a really great job of cultivating relationships with people in their community and then ultimately cultivating relationships within their client base. And a lot of that has to do with trust, confidence, giving clients peace of mind. Of course, there's the technical component, which is critically important, but it's table stakes, like what you're required to do as a financial advisor. So when we think at FICOM about marketing and how we help our clients through all of our offerings, including our marketing bootcamp through our agency services, when we're thinking about helping our clients develop their ideal client profile, we often talk to them about psychographics versus demographics, Mm. which gets to the personality component, right? Because the psychographics are really about like, how does this person, like, what are their worldviews and how do they approach decision-making and what are some of the internal motivators that they have, right? And like, that's what you just can't find on paper, where if you would say women 45 and up, certain certain income, like that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's going to be a personality fit. Right. Right. So to your point about doing the podcast, it allows people to get to know you and it allows them to understand what your worldviews are, what you believe in, like how you approach life. And then they can decide if they keep listening, they sort of have already like given you that decision. Right. They can then decide if they're interested um, if they share your beliefs. So what have you seen in your business specifically from the podcast as far as helping that conversion, right? Like, are you getting people coming in from the podcast? Like that would be my first question. Have you noticed a change in your conversion ratios because of your podcast? Like what are some of the tangible examples that you can share with listeners um, that have been impactful for your business? I can honestly say when we meet people for the first time or talk to people for the first time that heard about us through the podcast, it is a much better initial conversation because they already know what they're getting with us. And I already know, for example, you know, my attitude tends to be what we do is serious but I'm not necessarily always going to say it in the most serious terms. Mm-hmm. So it actually, it, in a way, it frees me up a little bit more to, or I'm less intimidated to really be myself. It's like, you already know I, I'll make little snide, cynical comments here and there. So <laughs> I, I don't have, you know, I don't feel as compelled to be that, you know, prim and proper boy, when, you know, initially doing the conversation. I've already made the first impression. Uh but I still think one of the funniest stories we had 
was we had a client or somebody find us from the podcast. Uh, they were in Germany, uh, mm. stationed over in Germany, getting ready to come back to the U.S. And when she's, you know, the initial thing, she says, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually talking with you. <laughs> like we're some big it's celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 it, and it wasn't. It You know, it's that was a neat. Now, full disclosure, Stephanie was having the meeting. I only heard about this secondhand, but I'm still going. It's like, that's really weird that, you know, at least on some level, somebody has this. I don't know. I, I even know what the word is. Well, I think they but, feel like they have a little bit of a relationship, right? Like she said, yeah. I can't believe you're talking to me. Right. Like you talk to kind of the world and you listen, like I listen, you're in my ears, you're in my head, but now you're actually talking to me about my specific situation. And that was a really surreal type moment. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Um, and then I think, you know, as far as conversion ratios, we should really be better at tracking all those things. Um, I'm <laughs> sure you're going to scold us after we push uh, stop recording. Um, but I think it is a little bit more, you know, kind of your vibe attracts your tribe. You put it out there in the world and people kind of self-select. Right. I try to do that with my website and, you know, be super clear. Um, you know, I'm the one who's going to talk about all the mushy, touchy, feely stuff. Like I want to talk about your feelings and your emotions. And I want to be the safe place where safe space where you don't feel judged at all for any of your money hangups or, you know, your the things like you feel ashamed to share with anybody. Like that's the stuff that I think gets in our way around money a lot. So we got to talk about it. Um, and I think we try to have episodes of the podcast about that as well to, you know, show that it's not all just spreadsheets and calculators. Like to me, that's, that's the boring stuff. So go ahead. Yeah. Keep going, Stephanie. I was going to say, you know, I think what's amazing about your podcast and just about, you know, why I love our industry specifically at this moment is there's a lot of shame around money, right? So if oh, yeah. you could yes. start to, especially for women who have historically been excluded from the conversation. So if you are able to set that space and prime people to be like, you're not alone, and specifically yeah. for you, woman, you're not alone. This is like, yeah. you're not going to come in and admit all your like secrets and the things you did and didn't do and then be shamed for it, which by the way, in our industry historically probably did happen, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But so you're able to, once they come in, have that context and that container already mm -hmm. created to have a little bit more of the meaningful conversations. And I wonder in your experience, I know you did it during the pandemic, so it's maybe hard to kind of say, but do you, have you seen a shift in people and specifically women being able to come in and go deeper into the conversation quicker because of the podcast? Have you noticed anything around that? I haven't noticed that. And I think maybe because like even the questions I ask people when we first start, right? Like I don't believe in the 17 page questionnaire you have to fill out before you talk to me. No, no, no. Mm. Knowing myself, like that would sit in the pile in my kitchen until it sunk to the bottom of the pile and it would never get done, right? Like that's another hurdle or roadblock. We're going to talk about all the other stuff. I don't, I don't care how much you make. I don't care how much you have in your investment account, right? Like tell me what's stressing you out about money. What's keeping you up at night? Like what, where do you want to be after working with a financial planner, right? Like, so I think I try to create mm -hmm. that space in that initial conversation as well. So I'm not sure I've seen a change in that. But I will say mm -hmm. even just, you know, people who reach out and, and listen, right? Like, it's interesting the things that they'll 
reach out to us about or um, I think they know like we're the ones who talk about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. think people really feel freed up to have those conversations because we don't spend a lot of time talking about the technical issues, the dollar and cents spreadsheet issues. It's much more of, you know, the concepts and ideas of the possibilities and some of the dangers that you have to deal with, but we don't spend a lot of times of, you know, let's drill down on these dollars. I mean, that's why my favorite uh, sub-series of our podcast is the real retirement stories that we do, where we interview women who have, you know, stopped their main job and are now doing whatever they want to do. And it's more to just show everybody, hey, you know, there's the world is your literally is your oyster. Do you can do mm-hmm. whatever you want? Don't get hung up on these particular terms thinking they have definitions. You know, retirement doesn't mean sitting in your rocking chair and playing golf, gardening, dealing with the grandkids, whatever the, that stereotype may be. This is your opportunity to be you know, what you want to do, how you want to have, how you want to live the rest of your life. Don't get hemmed in by just worrying about dollars and cents. Understand what's out there. And I think that's important for the important part that we're always trying to get out there. Yeah, listen, we totally agree with that. I mean, we are 100% aligned when we talk about the new school mindset is really about how can you create more meaningful human connection through authenticity and vulnerability, which is exactly what you both are doing. It's such a gift that you're giving to your community and to the clients that you serve. I also know because I've worked with financial advisors for 20 years since I was in college, that there will be many advisors that would say, yeah, sounds great. Right. And I have to run a business. So there are just so many advisors that would say, how could you, Stephanie, like, how could you not talk about assets under management and income, because listen, like you have to run a business. We all have to get paid. Right. So like, how do you balance those two things? Is it a consideration at all? Or is it, is your model just sort of like working with everyone who meets the psychographic fit personality fit? Like, like is your tribe? You know, we're very transparent and clear about our pricing. And I've, I've done that from day one, right? Like I says exactly on the website what we charge. So people know coming in, they can get a 90-minute consultation for $500 to address a couple questions. And they're going to walk away with, you know, a takeaway sheet of kind of homework and tasks for them, um, you know, suggestions of their next steps. Like that's one option. I wanted to have that full menu of services, right? We can do the planning. I've got a couple of clients now who they've done the full-on planning. We charge $5,000 for Phase one, which is, you know, kind of going through the five or six meetings to, yes, we talk about all the soft stuff and then we plug all the numbers into all the softwares and we come up with a strategy, you know, kind of an action plan. Um, That's a standalone thing as well. So, like, I don't care how much money is invested because that's not the only way I'm getting paid. Right. I think and I tell people that I'm like, you know, those other advisors down the street that you might have talked to that have a million dollar minimum. That's how they get paid and they don't have a way to consult to you and get paid for their time and expertise apart from how much money that you invest with them. So, you know, we haven't gone full force, you know, abandoning AUM, but I like having both 
options out there. And that's why like, they know what I charge up front. So if they want to talk to me, you know, again, I don't care how much they've got, if they are willing to pay their 500 bucks or their 5,000 bucks. Great. Right. Like it works for you because that's yeah. just your model. You've run the economics. So you figured out that that really is a great business for you. For, yeah. 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 I mean, and that's the advantage of being independent little plug for us independent guys out there is that, you know, we can structure the deal however we want. So we can find a way to work with a client if we think we can offer value to them. We don't have to be AUM. We can figure out, you know, a monthly subscription, which we also offer. So, you know, there's different ways to work with us. And it's that flexibility that allows us to serve as many people as we need to as opposed to just being committed to only people with over X millions of dollars, because otherwise it's not a profitable client. No, we've figured out the ways to serve people who need us, who we can help and still keep the lights on. What I'm really hearing from both of you, which I think is like such a gift is, you know, we're here to talk about your podcast. You won the awards of the podcast, you know, like amazing. But what I'm hearing you really say is like, ah, it's just an output of everything we've been working on for this long, like, you know, for an evolution of a long time. And I think that's why it's so good. You know, it's like all your experience. It's like how you work with clients every day. And you're so clear on who you are, what you want to do, how you want to function and who you serve. And so your podcast is just an expression of that. Is, is that how it feels for you? Totally. I really think so. And, you know, for a long time, I tried to blog and I got to the point where I was paying an editor $400 a month to help me crank out one blog post per month because I couldn't, like I could have ideas, but I couldn't narrow it down and come up with a nice polished blog. It's still torture for me, but dashing out a podcast, push record and let me talk for 40 minutes. That's much easier. I can like flesh out a outline and then just talk and it feels natural. I think hopefully, right. It doesn't feel as scripted and it's certainly a lot easier for me to do. So, you know, again, I think that's something that Carl says, right? Like do the thing that comes easier to you. If you're a writer, great. Go all in on the writing. If you're more of a speaker, podcasting is a great way to do that. Yeah. I, I got to echo that because it really is freeing just to be able to, you know, talk and, you know, spew whatever we're going to be saying. You know, it was like something, it was painful for me to do. I'm not a writer by nature. So it was painful for me to do the blog, not only the discipline, but sitting there, I'm trying to structure each sentence correctly as I'm writing it instead of just, you know, doing a mind dump and trying to get it all into place. So it was a much, it was much longer. And we, frankly, we weren't going to reach as many people doing that. I mean, you know, how many different websites are there out there? And you just happen to hit on our, my website, our websites, and just happen to get onto the blog and just happen to find something interesting, as opposed to, you know, you go in, you search podcasts, you type in, you know, retirement podcast. There's still a bunch out there, but it's a lot easier to be found that way, as opposed to just some random address out in the world. Hmm. What would you say to, 
Sorry, Mike, you go. Kenneth, I was just going to ask the exact same question. <laughs> if you were speaking to an advisor that's on the precipice that you're sitting there, like it sounds like you guys did for a little bit, and they're like, should I, shouldn't I do a podcast? Like what guidance or experience share would you like to share with those advisors? Yeah, I think, you know, I talked to a couple of podcaster friends, including Joe Saul Sihai of Stacking Benjamins before I started, right, just to get their advice and try to, you know, piggyback on their learnings. Um, and one piece of advice, even from the gal who does our website, she's like, you know, I'm not creating a separate website for this podcast because you're not going to stick with it. Most people do like 10 episodes and then they stop. I was like, well, shoot, no, I'm not. I'm going to prove her wrong, right? So we did go in committing to do at least a full year of it, right? I think that's important important because if it's just a flash in the pan idea and then you fizzle off, right, then it, you haven't spent your time wisely. Um, and we have an editor, right? Like I know advisors who do their own audio editing and they geek out on it and they really love it. And that's a fun way for them to spend an evening. No, thank you. We have an awesome editor. We send him the files. He does his magic. We'll even talk to him in the middle of like, hey, Zach, you need to cut that part out. And can we move this part to the front? And like he does his thing. That's awesome. I'm very happy to pay him you know, his, to be reasonable fee. Um, so I think finding those different people who can do the pieces that, that maybe you don't want to do, maybe you've got someone on your team who would really like to dig into this and find out about it and understand about, you know, Libsyn and the, you know, SEO and all those things that I don't understand. Like Zach does all that for us. So that was a good, um, find for us. And it took a little while to find him. Um, and then we'd also had kind of like 10 episodes um, outlined out before we started. Like, let's, people are like, what are you going to talk about? I'm like, how can you run out of things to talk about, right? What we do is so multifaceted with clients. There are so many aspects to what we can bring to clients. And, and you know, if your podcast is going to be kind of 20, 30, 40 minutes long, you can't cover much in one episode. Like, I don't, I can't imagine how people run out of things to say personally, Um <laughs> And then we did Me neither, Stephanie. Right? <laughs> yes, Candace. <laughs> and then we decided we wanted to alternate between having guests and just being the two of us. So we kind of like, set that up front. So I think, you know, some of those decisions um, were helpful and then and then just go. We also decided just to do twice a month instead of every week because the mm -hmm. other advice I got was like, don't pick a cadence that you can't stick with because that'll yeah. disappoint your listeners and then you'll lose them. So twice a month works for us at the moment. Yeah. And, and that regularity helps with people knowing when to look for the podcast instead right. of if they, you know, mistakenly think you're, if you start off doing it <clears throat> weekly and then you stop because you want to shift to once a month or twice, you know, bi-weekly or whatever, you're going to probably see some drop off as people think, Oh, well that podcast went away or whatever. So yeah. So the regularity is, really important and but yeah i mean just do it i mean all you got to do is sit around and talk we all talk for a living it's what we do <laughs> this is and that doesn't mean you can't pivot right like if you start something and want to change it fine right like that's that's fine too um but you know do a little bit of homework and then i don't know why not try it? Jump in. Call us. We'll be happy to talk to you about our experience, right? Like Absolutely. talk to some people who are doing it to get some more info. Um, and see if it's something that calls to you. I mean, I would be, definitely don't recommend. Don't be scared to change. 
Yeah, I definitely recommend that listeners listen to you. Sorry, Kevin, I think we had a delay there. You were saying saying, don't be afraid to change. Yeah, don't be afraid. Yeah, don't be afraid to change. Uh, Pivot. You know, if you've, you know, I just said don't start off weekly and then go biweekly. But you know what? At the same time, as you're doing this, you're going to learn what's working or not working for you. You know, we didn't start off saying, you know, we're absolutely going to be doing episodes at the middle and at the end or beginning of the month. And we didn't start off saying we're going to alternate between just Stephanie and I talking and then interviews. You know, a lot of this format development happened organically. It's like, okay, well, you know what? Hey, why don't we try this? And okay, we like this rhythm. So we're going to stick with this. Yeah. So that, that, that's, don't be scared to change. Don't be, you know, you're not locked in. Right. When you decide. It has been such an honor to have you on our new school podcast. And I think to anyone listening, when I was talking over Kevin and we were trying to find our groove there, I was saying <laughs> like, if I was an advisor, I would definitely recommend downloading Take Back Retirement and finding out listening to firsthand what an exceptional podcast sounds like. I think you both do just such a beautiful job. And I think it's, you know, as we've covered, an expression of your commitment and years and years of work, and then just finding a medium to express it and to reach more people and create greater impact. We close out every episode with two questions, but the first is what does the new school mean to you? And I'd love to hear from each of you. I love the idea of new school that, you know, even though I'm firmly middle-aged at 55, but I still (laughs) feel like in this industry, I'm kind of an upstart. I'm kind of like, you know, maybe because I joined my father, right? And, And saw how he did it and honestly had a kind of a crisis like, oh, I'm not like him, therefore I can't do this work. And then it took a while of kind of exploring and finding other ways and other like, oh, okay, I can do it my way. And that kind of has been my guiding light along my whole career of 25 years in this industry. Um, So that's kind of what resonates with that title to me of new school. Yeah. Same. I I would say, you know, in this industry, especially, you know, just because it worked in the past doesn't mean it's going to continue to work. And you're assuming it actually was working before as opposed to just, you know, you just got lucky. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, getting wedded to, and stuck in the mud with just doing everything that, well, that's how it's always been done. We can't try anything different. We can't try anything new. The world is changing. Generations change. So it's just a matter of how do you get your message out? And it's not offering chicken dinners to whoever, <laughs> to whoever comes to the local, you know, uh, seminar. No, it's, you know, there's a lot more people who want to hear your message and you got to find a way to reach them. It's not up for them to reach you. You have to reach them and feel and get given inspiration and confidence to call you. Because, you know, you come out with some, you know, these again, sticking with these rubber chicken seminars, you know, a lot of big words get thrown around and, and it can it can be intimidating. I mean, oh, yeah. what's what's the point of that? I don't want people scared. <laughs> I want people, I find my best, my best clients are the ones that are more engaged and more informed as opposed, because then, you know, they can appreciate the conversations more. They ask the next questions and we can get further in developing the, the planning. 
Thank you both for coming on the New School podcast. Where can people find you? So first of all, first thing I got to go and download is Take Back Retirement. Where else are you? So my website is Sophia Financial. So I'm Stephanie with a PH, but it's Sophia with an F, sophiafinancial.com. And I'm afmgplanning.com, American Financial Management Group, but that's way too long for a web address. So it's just afmgplanning.com. And takebackretirement.com has its own website as well as all of the different uh, podcast sites you can go to. We're on just about all, if not every one of them. So, yeah. And then we're both on, both on Twitter. I'm at Sophia financial and Kevin is what at second half plan, second half plan. Uh, yeah. At second half plan uh, two and D as opposed to second. We'll make sure it's in the show notes. So if you want to know, just check out the show notes down below. We'll have this on YouTube and all the podcast sites as well as your LinkedIn profile. So I recently followed you. Thank you, Stephanie and Kevin. And again, congratulations for winning the Educate and Empower category. You guys rock. Thanks so much for coming on the New School Podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us on. Appreciate it. 